0: Hey, can you guys uh, tell Phil and Jan and their worship team just what a great job they've done doing really crazy songs all month long? I, t- I told them this morning when they got done uh, doing sound check on Where Are You Christmas um, that I'm convinced now there's not a single song on the planet that Jennifer cannot sing. It just nails it every single week. Uh, if, you're, if you're here for the very first time today at the gathering, then you have joined us on the very last Sunday, not just of the year, but of our December uh, series. And what we've done is a series called the Unexpected Christmas Playlist, And every week we've taken like a popular Christmas song that you've probably heard all your life, and we've talked about like how that points to the gospel. So you can see the slide here, but I'll read it to you in case you can't read it. The first week was White Christmas. We talked about how we have to deal with disappointment because um, do you remember how often we get White Christmases in here in Santa County? Every 33.75 years, that .75, very important, right? You round up to 34 it makes me even more disappointed. Um, it's cold now, at least. That's good, right? And so the second week we talked about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, oddly enough, one of the most popular Christmas songs ever, and we talked about how this is a time of year when a lot of people deal with tragedy, right? We have to know kind of how to have hope, even in the midst of tragedy. Uh, we did Baby, It's Cold Outside, and we talked about how the world is getting colder, and because the world's getting colder, we cannot allow that to affect our heart, right? We can't. We can't have an impact on the world if we're cold in our hearts. And so, we have, how do we stay warm? Right? We talked about that last week. Uh, we talked about rocking around the Christmas tree. How Chris, Christians should be the most joy-filled partiers on the planet, right? We have got the best news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should be partying, dancing all the time. And this morning, um, you heard them talk about uh, saying, where are you Christmas? And I think we already know the answer, right? It's in the attic. Right? So the world, the world is divided, I'm convinced, into two groups of people. Those people who start celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving and those who stop celebrating before New Year's, right? That's two groups of people. Um, Some of you, Christmas was gone like before lunch on Christmas morning, right? Um, Now, I want to give you a disclaimer, two disclaimers. One, I am squarely and firmly and proudly planted in group number one, okay? Uh, As a matter of fact, I think celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving is way too late, we should start in the summer. Maybe we should never even stop, right? It is my favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday. I love it. I believe this, that in our house, Christmas music season starts October 1st. Um, admittedly, how many of you are with me? Okay, admittedly, it's like five of you, really? Only five Christians in the house today. That's so odd. Um. I, Oddly enough, it's like in my house, I do start listening. To, I never stop listening, but I have to use ear earbuds, right? So, and then and then somewhere around after Thanksgiving, I can take those out and play it for the whole family. But I listen to it all the time. But here, that's the first disclaimer. Second disclaimer: Today's message. If you're not in that camp, uh, one, I'm praying for you, but two. I'm, it's not to make you feel bad. It's not to make you feel like you should be celebrating Christmas all year long. All year long. A lot of times we put it up because of, of, of time. You, you know, you can't. You don't. You can't leave it out till February. The cre- the tree's going to die or catch on fire or whatever. Um, so I'm not here to make you feel bad. If you're the person who packed up Christmas as the last present was being opened, right? You were like, "That's awesome." Put the bow in the box, pack it up in the attic. Done. Okay? That's cool. No problem at all. What we're talking about today is I believe what I want you to get out of this is that the very first Christmas did not end as quickly as we end it today. As an example. K104.7. Christmas is our middle name. Which doesn't make any sense to me because it's not. But whatever. Um <clears throat> they'll play Christmas music like from December the 1st or right after Thanksgiving all the way up till Christmas Day. They'll, they'll play more Christmas music than Christian stations will play. But 1201, December 26th, no more. It's gone. We, I mean, it's, we build up to it, and then it's over. And what I want you to understand today is that we can't treat the message of Christmas like that. We, we've, got to, we've got to keep that all year round. We can't just turn it off, pack it up. And put it away. And I believe if we we look at the, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2 today. This is commonly known as the Christmas story. I know the Bible and all the Gospels talks about Jesus' birth. But if you ask people, like, what's the Christmas story in the Bible, they would say Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Now, we've taken all of December to look through most of those verses. Today, I just want us to take a peek at the last two. Okay, so verses 19 and 20, that's where we're going to be this morning. I think we can learn some truths about how we can keep this Christmas story alive all year long. So, uh, here we go. Luke chapter 2, I'm just going to read verses 19 and 20. You know this is at the end of the Christmas story, after all the craziness. This is basically you as parents sitting back with a cup of coffee on December the 25th in the afternoon, Praying, God, let our kids fall asleep so we can take a nap. Right? This is what, at the end of the whole thing. This is what it says in verse nineteen. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse twenty. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been. Told. Let's pray, and then I'm going to give give you two points. Okay, Father, thank you for uh, these verses. Thank you for this whole series. What a challenge it's been as we've looked at these songs to connect uh, the gospel story of Christmas to our culture. I pray that uh, you have taken things that I have said, things that we have heard, and you have, man, you've put them deep in our hearts, that we would find ourselves. Throughout the next year, over and over again, sharing these truths with people who desperately need them. And this morning, I pray that you would fill this place with your truth and with your word. I pray that you would fill me with confidence, God, that you would help us to understand these two points. So that we can share the message of the gospel all year round. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So uh, let's talk about verse 19. Verse 19 is all about Mary. Uh, For Mary, the birth of Jesus was the beginning of the story, not the end of the story. We tend to think, like we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas, and like I said, once Christmas is over, no matter when you pack it up, right away or wait a few weeks, it's eventually going to be gone. But for Mary, that first Christmas started the story. She understood that, that this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. She understood that Jesus came for so much more than just that day. So Mary, Mary she, she made a connection, right? She made this connection between a baby and what that baby came to do. And for a lot of people, that connection doesn't come as easily. Check out this one guy who makes a connection. I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger. Yeah, wonder what ever happened to baby Jesus. He, he grew up. What? Wait, so you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah, thanks honey. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wow, I just never really put the two concepts together. <laughs> Wonder what happened to that guy,
1: huh? <laughs> he, he went to the
0: cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he, he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life, and, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. i tell you this. There's an idea, maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives, up top. That's the idea. So Mary made the connection. How did she do that? Now, let me give you two very intentional things that she did. They're both found in verse 19. Here's the first one. First, Mary kept your version, if you got the NIV, says she treasured. So she, she kept or she treasured all these things. So what does all these things mean? It means the good things. It means the bad things. It means um, stranger things. Who's feeling me? Okay, I see where my people are, stranger things people. She kept all these things, right? She kept them. And the word for kept, the Greek word, I don't go go Greek on you all the time, but these are some good Greek words today. The Greek word for kept is the same one that's used in Matthew 9, 17. Let me read that to you. It says this. Jesus says, Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No Jesus says they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. That word preserved, that's the same Greek word that's used here for Mary kept, treasured. So what what does that mean? It means this. It means that she, she protected, she kept, she didn't lose, she didn't treat lightly what was happening in her life. Let me ask you this question. What parts of this Christmas will you keep? Now, we're going to pack up the bows and the tape, and, you know, if you're a, I don't know how many of you save your tissue paper, but bless you if you do, um, we just crumple it and throw it away by more, but if you, whatever you say, we're going to pack all that up, but what parts of this Christmas will you keep? Family? Friends? I, I don't find myself laying on my bed at the end of Christmas at night thinking about the presents. Although they were awesome. Score! I find myself thinking about, man, my boys are home from college. I got to spend time. We, we played a game, right? I got to see family. Man, my, my nieces and nephews, they're growing up. That's, that's what I think about. I think about those things. What will you keep this Christmas? Will you keep the candlelight service if you were here? I stood on the front row and I looked down the row and I saw, like, faces of people that I love in the glowing light of the candles. Thankfully, no one was burning, right? I'll keep that. We may pack up the decorations, throw out the tree, but the most important parts are to be kept, they're to be treasured, they're to be preserved, they're to be protected. Why? So that they won't spill out and we won't lose those things. That's one way that Mary made the connection. She kept all the things that she had seen. She kept them. Here's the second thing she did. The Bible says that she pondered them in her heart. So uh, this is for all of you people who would love to channel your inner two-year-old. Okay? I believe that we would grow a lot faster as Christians if we would channel our inner two-year-old and ask why a lot. Mary asked why a lot. She pondered these things. She said, why me? Why here? why now? Why him? Ask why. She asked a lot of questions. The Greek word for ponder means this, to confer, to confer, to converse, to bring together in one's own mind. I, there's a there's one use of the word, the Greek word, that has this flavor of encountering in a hostile sense. So just picture this. If you're, how many of you are, don't raise your hand, because how many of you are thinkers, right? Like you're always, think, here, here's what this means. Check this out. Mary kept all these things. She kept them. She treasured them. Like you ever been in a moment and you thought this moment is a whole lot bigger than I think it is. And I don't want to forget anything that's happening in this moment. If you're a sports fanatic, There are moments when your team has won championships and you were like, I don't want to forget this moment. If you are um, a romantic, then there were times like your wedding, dates. There's things that have happened. You're like, I don't want to forget this moment. I have had times in India. I had a woman in India one time who begged me to take her daughter with cerebral palsy back with me from India here a really awkward, painful, I don't think I can do it, and I don't understand what you're really saying, and oh, this breaks my heart, but it was a moment that I'll never forget. She kept those moments, right? And here's what she did. Those happened right here, and then beyond that moment, she pondered these things. In her own mind, in her own heart, she said things like, I don't, why? Why did it happen, why why this way? What what does that mean? She had dialogue with herself, Beyond the day, so she could begin to understand what exactly does this mean. She had a war inside her own mind, inside of her own soul, over what it all meant. And here's what that means. The meaning of the moment is revealed in the moments beyond the moment. It happens, and we go, what does it mean? And then we live beyond that moment, and in all the next moments, we start to understand more and more. Oh, that's why. Here's why that works. Time, being, time brings perspective, and perspective brings clarity. Time brings perspective; perspective brings clarity. Let me th- let me get to, give it to you this way. Think about Mary. Okay, put yourself in Mary's shoes. Think of all the things that she experienced. After holding Jesus in the manger. Okay. If you keep reading in Luke, we won't read it this morning. If you keep reading in Luke, she's gonna take Jesus to the temple and she's gonna go to uh give her offering, he's gonna get circumcised, all this stuff. But while she's there, there's this really old man, uh, new moms, or yet, right? Like this really old man wants to hold Jesus. Uh we're good. You may drop the Savior of the world, right? He's like, I want to hold Jesus. So she lets lets him. That's faith right there, right? She lets him hold Jesus. And he says this, now I can die. I'm paraphrasing. Now I can die because my eyes have seen the Messiah. Now, you're a new mom, teenager. Your world's been flipped upside down. Man, we're going Stranger Things upside down. we got a lot going on today, don't we, Stranger Things fans? And you go to church to have your baby dedicated, and while you're there, this really old priest dude holds your son and says he's the Messiah, and now he's going to die. Wait, what? So Simeon, she sees Simeon. He says he's going to die. He calls her son the Messiah. She raises the Son of God. There's a lot of pressure as parents today, right? But she's raising a Messiah. She loses the Messiah. Remember that story? She watches his ministry blossom. She sees crowds follow him. Then imagine this parents. She watches her son, who she knows loves everybody. Like nobody knew Jesus' love like Mary. She watches that love be misunderstood by the very people he came to save. She sees him arrested. She sees them scourged. She sees them hanging on a cross. And then she sees them alive. That's a roller coaster right there, isn't it? You know what it means to ponder things in your heart? I believe this. I believe that all along the way, at every one of those moments, Mary would, in her mind, as she's pondering in her, in her mind, in her soul, in her heart, she would say things like this: Oh, that's why he came. Oh. When the old dude said he was the Messiah. I get it now. See, the moment happens, and then the meaning of the moment is revealed in the moments past the moment. You just keep living, and you keep looking back going, oh, now it makes sense. Oh, now it makes sense. And when he was hanging on the cross, as painful as that was, you know Mary's like at his feet going, this is why he came. Christmas Christmas Eve, right? When the angel showed up and starts telling the shepherds stuff, and the shepherds came and told Mary all the things that they had heard, which means they told Mary all the things that the angels said. And the angel said, glory to God in the highest. And don't you know that all through Jesus' life, Mary would watch Jesus, and every now and then she would just think, oh, this is how God receives glory. Peace on earth to men. Oh, this is how he's bringing peace to earth. Mary made the connection. She kept. She pondered, and when she did it, she made the connection that Christmas meant more, even if she didn't understand how, because she knew that her Jesus was more than just a baby. Here's verse twenty. So Mary made the connection, and in verse twenty, the shepherds. I love. I love the way this verse starts. Listen, the shepherds returned. Isn't that pretty much what our holidays are like? A lot of lights, a lot of glitter. You know, like I was thinking about growing up, we decorated our tree. Um, anybody Is anybody here um, old enough to remember tinsel? Sweet. I'm with y'all. I'm, I'm your tribe now, right? I remember tinsel. Um, anybody here, i got to block the lights to see this. Anybody here grow up with parents who made you save the tinsel? Man, we should form a support group. Am I right? I mean, it's like we had to save that stuff. I can remember like here's one. My dad, he loved us to to hang it like one. Who does not know what tinsel is? It's a tool of Satan, just so you know. That's all you need to know, tool of Satan. Um, It's like this really thin strip of, I don't even know what it's made out of, but you hang it on the tree, and it shimmers and sparkles, and it's a tool of Satan is what it is, okay? So my dad, we had to hang it one at a time very strategically, right, so it would look nice. My idea of hanging tinsel as a kid was like, That looks awesome. You know, I would make it look like a bird had made a tinsel nest in the tree, right? But then when Christmas is over and you're taking all the stuff down, like we had to like pull the tinsel off and, you know, you couldn't put it in the box just as a clump because it would get all crinkly and stuff. Why that matters, I don't know. But we had to like lay it out straight and iron it, you know. Okay, now I'm just pulling your leg. We don't have to iron it. I mean, you think I'm crazy? But we did have to straighten it out. It was crazy. It was like we we do all of this for the Christmas season, right? And then when it's over, isn't those three words, don't those three words just sum up our Christmas experience? The shepherds returned. What did they return to? So they had seen the angels appear, huge like the the first christmas cantata right like loud voices they're singing wings are waving there's a big fan going from it all like it's amazing they go to they go rushing and they find the baby just like they said they tell everybody all about it it's like if they're like ranking your days like from a 1 to a 10 this is like 20 this is a high water mark in their life This is like me after every night of encounter in September. I just get in the car going, that was awesome. It can't get any better. Until the next night, it was better. I was like, this is amazing. High water mark, and then at the end of all of that, the shepherds returned to dumb sheep on dark hills, smelly, the shepherds returned, that's like Monday, right? Man, God really moved in church today. It was awesome, man. We we prayed for people like Paul talked about it. Cody was fantastic. He's really moving at the gathering and in Monday. Except tomorrow, because tomorrow's food and New Year's Day and all that stuff. But a normal like we return. We returned. The shepherds returned. But look how they returned. Something had changed because they had changed. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Listen, here's what the shepherds, Mary made the connection. The shepherds lived in the same place differently. Aren't we a culture of, um, I just need to change the scenery. Have Have you ever felt like that? Man, I'm just... It's, everything's just a rut, and I tried the vacation thing. I did like five. It didn't work. I, I see. I need to move to Nebraska. First off, is anybody here from Nebraska? Okay. Nobody needs to move to Nebraska, right? We just wait. Like, if I can just, if I can just change, if I can go somewhere where people don't know me. We're all about changing scenery. What I want you to see about the shepherds is that they return to the same place, but they return differently. Something inside them had changed. What they had seen, what they had experienced, it changed them. And so they went back to the same place differently. They had been marked by the presence of God. They were constantly, what does it say, glorifying and praising God for everything that they had heard and seen. They lived differently because they saw their lives as worship. So Mary pondered. The shepherds worshiped. And all of them, Mary and all the shepherds, they did what our big idea says that we need to do. They carried the meaning of Christmas past the moment of Christmas. That's what they did. They carried the meaning of Christmas past the moment of Christmas. Sometimes we forget that this Christmas thing is more than just a day. But it is. It changes changes everything. Watch this.
1: Imagine Christmas is over, all the programs have been performed, all the pictures have been taken, the carolers are done singing, the holiday parties have come and gone, the presents are unwrapped, and the big dinners have all been eaten. Christmas music is turned off, the family is headed back home, someone from work is on the phone, the kids have a practice to get to, the house needs to be cleaned, the bills still need to be paid. groceries are running low the stock market is still down and up and down the TV is still on the news is still worrisome life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened but it did happen look around the church is full of family and friends and laughter because the baby is still the Savior and the Savior is still the gift held out to a world still looking for joy an earth still waiting for peace and the peaceful still sing in wonder of the God who gave his son and the son who gave his life to add us to his family and one day welcome us home imagine Christmas is over, but remember that it really happened and it changed everything.
0: So let's, let's recap. What is the point of Christmas? The point of Christmas is that we were sinners in need of a Savior. And that a good father sent his son to be born as a baby, to grow as the man. <laughs> it's good that we're making this connection, right? Easter Jesus, cross Jesus, same as baby Jesus? Yes, right? He grew and became a man who gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could have eternal life. That's the meaning of Christmas. We can never afford to pack that up and put it away until next year around Thanksgiving or December 20th, (laughs) depending on when you start. It means too much. It changes everything. We've got to carry that meaning of Christmas past the moment of Christmas. There are people that you know and that I know Bless her, Jesus. There are people that we know that desperately need the good news of Christ. And we get to carry that out of this place and into 2018. Before we go home this morning, I want you to hear the testimony from somebody who would agree with what I just said. That Jesus changes everything. I want you to hear her testimony about how he changed everything her life, and then we're going to pray over people in your life, maybe over you, who need that same testimony in 2018. Is that cool? Um, you already know this person, although you're like, who could it possibly be? Should I tell them your name, or you just want to walk up here and surprise them? It's Cindy Pope. woo Everybody say, hey, Cindy. They should. You want to go up? You want to stay down? Okay.
2: Hi. How are you? So, today is my aunt Ziggy's 44th wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that if God wasn't in this marriage, we wouldn't be either anymore. <laughs> I just believe that. So, I want to start by... um. Sorry, I've got a cold. <laughs> um, saying a couple of verses.
0: This is going to be so good, so keep that light right, right here?
2: <laughs> okay, I got it. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and we've heard this many times, but love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs, thank goodness. <laughs> Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always (laughs) protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Marriage is work. You have to work at your relationship to make a marriage work. You have to work at your relationship with God, too. Um, And sometimes I forget that. I don't know about the rest of you, but... Um, so, sorry. God has had his hand in our relationship, and it's been a real blessing. We've been on both sides with God in our relationship and out. You still have problems, life still happens. But with God, I feel you make better choices. It definitely helps through difficult times, and it helps overcome dark times. It makes a solid foundation to build a life and a relationship on. The next thing I want to say is, uh, it's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And for me, those three strands would be God, a husband, and wife. My hope is to give encouragement and hope to the young and the old to have faith-filled relationships, whether it be with a husband, a friend, a family member. This is my hope for you for the new year, and please have a happy and blessed and faith-filled new year. Thank you.
0: Forty-four years. That is a testimony of what we've talked about today. Like, it's one thing to go get married, right? But to stay married, and married people in the house are going like, amen, brother, right? Like, to stay married is how we live beyond a moment. Let me give you two practical ways that you can live out what we just talked about. So we we say so what a lot here, right? You just heard us talk for like 30 minutes, and you're going, yeah, so what? So here's the so what, and here's the now what. Here's what you do beyond this moment. If you want to keep things in your heart, treasure them in your heart like Mary did, I'm going to encourage you, and you're going to roll your eyes when I say it. I'm going to encourage you to journal alone in wonder journal. That means actually pick up a a device and type, or um, if you're old school, like me, paper and a Moleskine and write, write. right? This is not a diary. This is just like, God did this today, because I promise you, you're going to get further down the road and want to look back at some point and go, did God really do that? Yes, he did. So you want to keep things like Mary did. Mary didn't have most guns, right? Um, but she kept these things in her heart, and she pondered on them. How would she do that? She remembered them. She kept thinking about them. She kept putting, making the connections in her own soul. So journal alone in wonder. You want to you return to the same place differently like the shepherds did? I'm going to encourage you to do this. Journey together in worship. Now you're going, oh, those went together. I should have written this down. I'll say them again. Journal alone in wonder. Write down what God's doing in your life. Find yourself going, he's God. Are you kidding me? He pulled that off. And then journey together in Worship. And find some people. Get in a tribe. And, again, this isn't just about community because we learned during our series that you can be in community with the wrong people and it will pull you down, right? This is being in the right community, the right tribe of people. Find a tribe of people that are worshiping Jesus, that are just like the shepherds. They are glorifying and praising God in everything that they see and do. Find that group and journey with them. And you'll find your life different in the same place. You can actually be full of life, hope, joy, and peace, and worship in Albemarle. What? It's true. It's true, and it will revolutionize the city. Okay? I'm going to pray over you this morning. Um, Married couples, if you're here, grab the hand of the person. I hope you you came to church together. Grab their hand. Um, We're going to pray over our marriages because anytime somebody gets up and says, I've been married for 44 years, I'm like, uh, I want some of that, right? Come on. We're not there yet. But we're getting there. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the the meaning of Christmas. Um, I'm so thankful for Jesus that you didn't just give us a baby so we could have a day of the year to give each other gifts. But you gave us a Savior so that we could have a new life forever. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with that hope, that you would send us out of here this morning and following hard after the Savior. I pray that we would, as followers of Jesus, keep in our heart the things that we see, that we would always ask the question, how does this point back to Jesus? How does this fulfill the mission that he came for? And that we would play our part in that. I pray that we would be marked by worship, God. Everywhere we go. T- Tuesday on the job. The mundane job. I pray that it would be different for us now because we're filled with worship. Just like those shepherds. And I pray as we leave this morning, God, as we wrap up 2017, I pray over, um, over, over husbands and wives I thank you for the testimony that Cindy shared of 44 years beyond the moment. God, and I thank you for how much you love showing your grace through marriage. And we pray a special blessing, God, on these families this morning. In your name, Jesus. Amen.